Hello, hello. Can you believe it? It's time for Pet Chat once again. Cheryl Shaw, Dr David Tabret, welcome to the show. Both of you, lovely to have you on. Thanks, Sarah. Lovely to be here. Now, look, Cheryl, I saw you uh, at the Beaumont Street Carnivale. It was a great day. Now, you were there not only with your wonderful husband, but who really stole the show was your uh, Avalon. He did. Your standard poodle. I couldn't believe how many people were stopping you to see him. Yeah, and he gets so many uh, photographs taken. It's just wonderful. He's a great um, a great dog and a great friend. Well, speaking of photographs, I just had to put up a little pic on the day. Uh, Todd had a photo taken with uh, some lovely girls all dressed up doing some, some dancing. Uh, so I've put up a poll saying which photo's cuter. There's that of Todd and there's also Mark and Avalon. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, it's a close call. Uh, yeah, well, Todd's currently Ooh. leading, 55%, but really, I mean, come on. It's Avalon's all of Todd's, the cutest. Todd's breakfast groupies have oh, all voted. Of course it is. If you had a good look at the photo, as if Avalon's not going to win, it's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, Wait. I've put my vote Wait. in, so I've yeah. you know, put my two cents in. Yeah. Have you voted, David? I will now. Yeah, I was going to say, what have you been doing? Surgeries? Saving <laughs> lives? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping busy. There you go. <laughs> All right, Cheryl, look, we'll start with you. Uh, what are you wearing today? Is that a four-leaf clover? No, 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 it's a dog paw. Oh, it is a dog paw. <laughs> with an anchor? Yeah. Oh. Hello, Rob. Now, you've got a Jack Russell cross foxy, and either you or the Jack Russell is sleeping in a cardboard box. No, we actually have... We, we do have a home, but <laughs> for some reason she's developed a... Uh, a fixation with sleeping in this cardboard box. Mm. She's got a perfect, perfectly good bed, and yeah, she she gets in. And she only just fits in it. It's a it's from a pair of work boots, so it's it's bigger than a normal shoebox. Yeah, but yeah. She, uh, now, Ro- Rob, do you own a cat at all? No. Oh, I wonder because it sounds like she thinks that she's a cat. Because the thing is, cats will always hop into a cardboard box. Yeah, well, she's, she's, she's a bit odd, you know, like she, she will not eat a dinner until she goes for a walk. Well, that, I mean, there's some good habits that you can you can take out of this. So, but I'm not sure about what would have prompted her. There might be something that uh, dogs are very much about the pack, and so particularly where they're sleeping, um, you know, they'll get into the most comfortable place and like I'm making a joke about cats but they'll just go and do their own thing And but dogs also want to choose and I, I guess it depends what the alternative is, it's how good is this other bed that you're offering because <laughs> if you're being pipped at the post by a cardboard box I think you have to up the bed, the uh, bed supply Rob, um, you've had a vote here on the <laughs> instant hotel vote is uh, not looking too good you for you. You need to get back to Kmart and get a new bed. Getting it, I think I think oh, so. It's a really, it, it is a really plush bed, and it's on top of a, a, a king single matter bed in, in the computer room. Oh, jeez. So where's the... Ah, oh, and where's the cardboard box? Yeah. And, oh, that's, that's next to the computer. So they're both and in the same room. But the computer... On the floor. Yeah. You on the floor. S- you spend a fair bit of time in that room? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, your dog has decided that... Um, this is more akin to being with you, closer to you, picks up the scent. And this is what a lot of dogs actually, uh, you know, when I talk about being in that pack, they really connect with their owner and the other people, or as they call them, my pack mates, 
so I think this is why your dogs voted that the cardboard box rates higher than the bed because there's a, two solutions here. One is that you take the cardboard box with you um, wherever you go, or the other thing is you have to start sleeping in the dog's bed and then your scent will transfer to the bed and then the dog will start sleeping there. So are, you, are you saying that the dog sleeps in the cardboard box because it has the scent of... Uh, of well, Rob's feet. I think there's that connection. It's right next to where he is a lot of the time. And so, yeah, I don't know about the feet oh, thing because so it was only when the sh- boots came out. Um, so where's the bed? Not in the computer room. In the same room. Oh, in the same room? Yeah. Okay. I think you have to go and... I think you're going to have to go and lie on the dog bed for a little bit. <laughs> hey, it sounds pretty good. Why not? It sounds like a yeah. posh bed. King single. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of room, so give, give it a go. I wouldn't worry too much, though. It's, uh, it's a quirky little thing, obviously, but I think it's explained by how much you and your dog are connected, and that's got to be a great thing. Okay, thanks very much for your time. And, Cheers, Rob, Rob, can you um, send us a picture when you're rolling oh, on the bed, yeah. please? So we'll just put that yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'd do? I'd just throw out the shoebox. I'm nasty. There's, oh. your, there's your bed gone. You'll have to use the other one. Well, you know, some dogs, they just... Like, uh, uh, it is strange to hear about it with dogs. Mm. Cats, yes, cats do this all the time. Okay. You spend all this money on their bed and they're like, eh, give me the box. Yeah. Well, so. Gizmo wouldn't use any of the beds we got him. He liked um, Molly's little fold-out bed, so we ended I up giving your him photos, that and buying yeah. Molly a new, a new one. new one, yeah. But now he likes the He's new one. He's moved on oh, to yeah. You can't win. Uh, Mike in Warner's Bay, now you place ice cubes in the water bowl for your pooch and you want to know whether this is um, healthy or not. Indeed, um, yeah, that's uh, something we've been doing during this hot weather to thought we were doing the right thing and then a friend who also has a similar dog came over and said, oh, perhaps that's not the right thing because when the dog ingests cold water, their body thinks the whole environment's cold and the dog tries to heat up itself and it can overheat. So I was just trying to find out what the real story was actually. That's. Um, I was wondering where that was going to go because the, the post on our screen here says it's not healthy. But So I understand what you're saying is that does the icy water or the cold water trigger the dog's body to uh, start up. shivering or something like that, even though, it's, even though it might be a warm day, a hot day? Indeed, yes. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason is, is that, uh, first of all, iced water if you like, even if you can see the ice floating in it, is going to be, you know, a couple of degrees. It could be up to about five, six, eight degrees, something like that. Um, When the volume of water, and it's probably more true for dogs than it is, say, for people, because when we drink and swallow, it's different to how dogs drink. They only take in a really small amount with every lap. Um, and there's some great videos uh, with slow motion camera of how dogs drink. Their tongues actually curl backward and make a little scoop. It's so it's insane. I I don't know how they do it, but anyway, um, I've practiced drinking from the dog bowl. And, <laughs> and it just you can't quite master it. <laughs> no, but I've got a bulldog, and she makes more mess than she actually swallows. Yeah, the water um, ends out outside of the bowl. Yeah, but so when the actually volume goes into their stomach, and you think about any size dog, you know, even if even a five kilo dog that's five thousand grams or equivalent to five liters of water 
and they take in, you know, 20 mils. Right. So they've got five litres of water, effectively, at 38 degrees Celsius, and they take in 20 mils of water at 8 degrees into the centre of their body, where it is the warmest, into fluid that's already at that temperature because their stomach has fluid in it. Uh, that water, the, the heat will move into that water very quickly. So right. I don't think it would change anything whatsoever. And uh, in actual fact, for a lot of dogs that we see that have got gastrointestinal problems, we talk about, you know, they can't drink water because they might vomit, but we want yeah. them to have something. So I'll say to people, just give them ice cubes to lick. Right. So they are getting a little bit of water with every lick, but it's not like they're gulping um, yeah. like we might otherwise th think with a, a big bowl. So, uh, yeah, I think you're fine. Um, and, in fact, it's a good idea because otherwise they're not drinking warm water on a hot day. Yeah, yeah. No, lovely. Ah, terrific. Good Thank on you, so Mike. Much. Good on you, Mike. That's oh, a good he's question. A, he's a good dad. It is a good question. Mm. You, you do have to trick them sometimes. When my son's sick, oh, he won't obviously drink, doesn't want to drink or anything, so I stick him in the bath because that's when he drinks the most water. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> they love it from the tap. <laughs> Oh, oh you got to keep them hydrated Is somehow. this your first child? Yeah. You're working it all out. I'm working you? it all. Yeah. When he's, you know, when he's sick, he won't drink. All right, let's yeah. have a bath. Whatever. And he goes for it. Whatever like, works. Well, at least he's getting fluid into it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it is peeing. All right, fused. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're talking pet chat. 49216216 is our number. Now, Cheryl, we're having a look um, at water safety, but we're talking about dogs and water safety today. Yes, that's right, Sarah. Look, a lot of people go out onto the water. They'll go and, and take their dog on their paddleboard or on their canoe or kayak and sometimes in their tinny or their yacht. But what they're doing, and it's really bugging me, when I go out to Swansea and I look in the channel there, there's all these dogs with their family. Now, they're having fun, that's for sure. But so many people don't have a life vest or a jacket on their dog. This is really important because... A dog can get into trouble. You might think it's not going to fall out of the boat, but, you know, they do. Things happen. That something might be passing by and the dog will jump overboard. Mm. Now, some dogs aren't great swimmers, but there's other things that can happen as well. So, you know, you'll have the dog that um, isn't particularly a good swimmer. So, David, it'd be like your dog going out on a boat. That would not be a good outcome. No, we, we need to just... Her, her ego's starting to take a bit of a battering. <laughs> <laughs> I keep picking on bulldogs. Is this why? There is, there is, it's very rare to come across a bulldog that's a good swimmer. That's right. I must admit. Mm. Mm. So if you were to take your dog out, it would definitely need, if it was on a houseboat or something, you're holidaying, you would definitely need to have a life jacket oh, on your dog. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And this is... I will now. You will now. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if you're planning a holiday, you're going on a houseboat, and if you're taking your dog with you, you need now to go out and get one that fits your dog. And I say fits your dog because if it doesn't fit your dog properly, they can actually be a little bit dangerous because when you put a life vest on a dog... It needs to be secure so it doesn't actually make the dog roll because if the dog rolls in the jacket, then they're going to not be able to swim properly. Oh, so okay. life vests can keep them floating or buoyant, mm. but it depends on that. Not upside down. Not upside no. down or even tilted a little bit because then their heads are going to be more likely to be in the water. To lull in the water. Yeah. Mm. But these, these life jackets, mm -hmm. so if I go to the camping store or something, yep. okay, so they've got adult, extra large, large... <laughs> They got medium. They got small. They got kids. Mm -hmm. Which dogs. ones? 
and, and dogs. Yes, so it's not we're not just choosing no. a small one. No, it's a special no. one. A special one for dogs. And there's a small, medium, large, yeah, extra large, you name it. And mm. also some of them come with um, handles which are on the top of it, so that you can get your dog out of the water. Now, I used to have a yacht, and I had it. My very first standard poodle used to come to the yacht with us and he loved going out on the sand islands and having a swim and a play and whatever but getting him back in the boat is was really difficult so if you're trying to lift a dog into a boat particularly a bigger dog it's quite difficult mm. but with the grab handle at least you've got something to hold on to while you're trying mm. to get into the ladder or onto it's the a ladder good idea. so that is something that is important also if you're going out and say we are staying on a houseboat with our dog you need to keep that life jacket on them at night as well because if they happen to fall over and again just jump overboard because something has passed by, you need that life jacket that's got a reflective um, strip on it. Right, Because okay. it's very difficult to see animals in the water at night time. They must be comfortable enough for the dogs yes, to yes. be in them all the time. I have seen them uh, down at the beach. Yeah. with dogs with life jackets on and they do look pretty snug yeah well they are but you've also got to make sure that the one that you're fitting on your dog isn't going to cause chafing so you've got to make sure that, uh, yes. that we've got no chafing happening that the straps on them are comfortable for the dog but it certainly fits the dog so you must take the dog along have it fitted make sure it's the right right size i'd imagine this would be important for people with pools as well because it's not uncommon in summer to have a pool party or the family around the pool the dog comes in and if they you know if the dog falls in and aren't great swimmers and you're distracted well you know mm. could be a bad outcome so probably a good idea to pop on the life jacket when they're in the pool area too absolutely and sarah just on that we need to be careful when we do have our dogs swimming that they don't take on a lot of water because some dogs will lick the water constantly mm -hmm. and we get this water in intoxication which is really really dangerous so if they are swimming in your pool a good idea is to make sure that you teach your dog to always go in and out via the same route so via the steps because most dogs don't have enough upper body strength to be able to pull themselves up out of the pool so what they actually do is they go to the edge they might be able to swim okay but then they can't get out yeah so yeah. they try to pull themselves up out of the pool and because they don't have that body strength to be able to get up and out they actually tire very quickly and then they slide back under the mm, water mm, and it only mm. takes about three seconds and you know they're gone yeah so it's the lesson with kids and water safety yes. uh, is exactly the same for our dogs yep and we've got to watch them all the time david you just cannot mm. afford to to go away i um, belong to an association in america of um, canine water therapy and one of the things that in that many years ago i received a letter from um, somebody who had just turned their back on their dog and it had drowned so you know you've got to be vigilant just mm. like with the children it's really important. Hello, Daryl in Beresfield. You, uh, we were discussing before our dogs and uh, water safety, and you wanted to talk about dogs and backyard swimming pools. Yes. Hello, yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Daryl. Uh, you put a dog in a backyard swimming pool, and it's going to take all the chemicals out on their fur. Oh, that, that sounds a bit scary, doesn't it? <laughs> um. I've been tied up in the swim pool industry for about 35 years. Right. And put one dog in a swimming pool, in a backyard swimming pool, it's like putting about 30 people in. Is that right? What is that to do because their hair has more surface area? That it's yep. actually going to hold on to the, the compounds that are in the water? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, they take the chlorine out. Right. If you put a dog in a swimming pool... 
say you have a backyard barbecue and someone throws a dog in the pool. Which I've done plenty of times. The pool will start, <laughs> pool will start going green the next day. Well, that's a bit scary, isn't it? We want, to, we want to make sure we're all healthy. So the first thing is we've got mm. to make sure that if your dog has access we, and um, you keep them out if preferable. Secondly, they might even need to have a life vest on, like Cheryl was talking mm. about. And now Daryl's saying this could upset the water balance of your pool. Oh. So, you so should it's always bad for the pool, but what about the dog and the skin if it's uh, getting all well, this chlorine this on This is it? the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I always float Gizmo around on, you know, the floaty beds. He loves it. Put the sunnies on him, he has a ball. But he's not in the he's water. He's not in the water, no. Yeah. Just floats around. And just remember, a floaty thing is not a life-saving device. That's, that's right. That's true. I'll have to get a jacket to put on him to put him on the life. So and, Dar- and Daryl's now saying, also, it's it's not great for your pool anyway. Yeah. Well, good point, Daryl. Luckily, I don't own a pool, so I always do it to mate's pools. So that's probably yeah. good for me, not so good for me. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Sarah just goes around to neighbours' yeah, pools. And can I bring my dog? I'm going to strip the chemicals out yeah, of your pool. Yeah, I'll bring the kids and my dog, and between the three of them, we'll yeah. trash your pool and leave again. Thank you very much. Oh, dear. And in Fern Bay, you've got a dog who barks and runs around at ads on TV. Yes, that's right. He's a miniature schnauzer. Oh, dear. And what, what, are, what, are, the, what are the ads that are really <laughs> triggering the problems? And in the, in the con- funny, I know. In the context He's of this, this animal problem, ads. Like the RSPCA bandit, oh. he watches them go across the screen. Yes. And they're also the hotel's combined ad where yes. it's a little animated polar bear. Yes. Oh, what about the meerkat? He tuned in. And, I mean, I find it really funny, but I'm like, you really need to stop barking at this. <laughs> and this I don't is... know what to do. That's really funny. It is, he's just so engaged. And to the point he'll be asleep and he'll hear the music or he'll be in another room and come running out. You, wow. you have you have a very intelligent dog. Yeah. I do, I do. I thought maybe I was watching too much TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I yes. actually have a, a situation with my dog. He also um, recognises other animals on it. And to stop him from jumping at the TV, every time he sees an animal now, he has to sit so he's allowed to watch the television. So Avalon actually sits, watches it, and it's really See. quite nice. So you just have to get him to stop Training. barking. Just ask him to sit in future oh. and start trying to see that he can still watch television, but he can't bark, but he can sit and so watch you, it. So, do you start? You would start off with a little treat to get him to sit and treat? not barking, and then, or just um, move. I mean, you, you're a supreme dog trainer, oh, Cheryl. Look, look you know, I, I, I had to do it because Avalon in the beginning was jumping at the Too television, mm. and he was going to damage the screen. So we had to say, well, okay, you can watch TV, but you have to sit. Talking <laughs> about yep. talking about and Avalon sit. jumping at the TV screen and doing these kind of naughty things. Mm-hmm. That's not helping the poll. And it's going to let Todd's vote go up. Oh, no, this was when he was young. Well, yeah, we're talking He's about the Facebook poll. I think, well, mm. Todd jumps at the screen. Oh, definitely. When, when he sees animals there. My dog does the same thing. He's a heathen. But the other thing my dog does, talking about barking at the television, and my dog barks at red colours. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, so... Now, that's unusual. We, we well, like, he's a bull Well, we, we, like to, uh, we <laughs> like to sit down and watch a particular game show of an afternoon... And there's often a red colour that comes on the screen when people don't do very well, oh, and she goes crazy. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the that chase. show? The Chase. Yeah, The Chase. I love she that show. She goes crazy. I love Anne. And we just don't... Un- we, th- we don't know what it is, but the same thing with yeah. animals and now the red colour. So we're always cheering for someone to get through because then otherwise... I mean, it is cute, kind of. 
Um, there you go. So, but Anne, does she bark at the um, compare the market ads? Because I would. They're annoying with that little meerkat. <laughs> Um, I'd, let her, I'd let her keep barking. I'm not that. sure. Oh, well, simple. So I'll you've have got to check. Another ads on where they might even just be an animated animal. And for some unknown reason, he's so clued in. He's smart. Put the Lion King he's on. He's very smart. Too yeah. smart for me. Just play uh, play reruns of Lassie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've got two choices, Anne. You can put up with it, post a video, and go on YouTube go viral and, and make, some, make money. some money. Or you could be like Cheryl and train your dog. To sit quietly and not bark at the television. Do the video and then train the dog. Then you'll have heaps of money and you can go pay a professional <laughs> trainer to get your do dog we, to sit. Do we just suggest that Anne should exploit her dog's behaviour? Absolutely. For commercial gain? Definitely. As well, if you I mean, pe- people do it with their kids, Yeah, right? that's, that's right. <laughs> They've just got to have a talent first. Dr David Tabret, you said today that we're looking at three poisonous yes, plants. Yes, yes. Mm. This was prompted by a recent publication of an article about a plant toxin that I'd never heard of. In fact, I'd never heard of this tree, to be honest. But before we get there, I thought, well, let's bundle it up and just remind people about two other very important ones that we do see more commonly. So the first one is Brunfelsia, which uh, is actually quite a common garden shrub. Uh, In fact, I've got like three in my front yard. Ah. Luckily, the dog doesn't touch them. Uh, but it is extremely toxic. It goes by a number of names, and probably the most common one name that we refer to is yesterday, today, tomorrow. So it's a very green leafy shrub, but the flowers in particular come up with purple, and then they turn pink, and then they turn white. So most people would probably know what we're talking about. Or if not, just have a look online. You'll find some pictures of it. It's very common. Now, this particular plant is extremely toxic to dogs, All parts of the plant are toxic to dogs, and in particular, the seed pods. So what tends to happen is that the dogs will chew on or or ingest, swallow part of any part of the plant, and then it causes uh, severe tremors, almost to the point where we're saying, has this dog had snail bait or has it actually eaten Brunfelsia. Ah, okay. And we so might difficult. Well, usually we might discover either they, you know, if they were able to make them vomit, we might find it. If they're already having seizures or tremors, then usually we have to put the glove on and have a feel up the back end and we can pull out seed pods. That's when we know what it is. Um, the other one that we also want to remind people, because we love all animals, let's talk about cats, is that they're incredibly sensitive to lilies. Mm, Cheryl taught me that mm. years ago. I didn't know this. I kept buying my mother-in-law lilies and she's got three cats. Well, <laughs> there might be a message there. But <laughs> it was subliminal. But, look, not all lilies, but there are... Um, you know, most of the lily families, the ones that actually are called lilies that actually aren't lilies, generally are, are safe. But my advice is that if you uh, have cats in your house, don't have lilies. It'll completely destroy their kidneys. Yeah, right. Not so good. very toxic. Very toxic. And you know what cats are like? You come in and you find them, they're up on the bench mm. licking or chewing on the flower. So, they, you know, they don't know. It's not like there's a big warning sign yeah. to the cat. Yep. It's the same with dogs. They just go and eat stuff and then find out later that it's dangerous. Uh, and then, So the third one which has come up is called the cheese tree. The cheese tree? Have Never you heard, heard of this? No, no, not me. So no, neither had I. And the, the, the seed pods or the, I guess it's like a fruit, is, looks like a red, uh, you know, Edam cheese oh, wrapped up in the okay. red wax. Yep, yep. Kind of looks like that. Right. Not as big. Anyway, all parts of this tr- tree 
cheese tree. Its uh, Latin name or scientific name is Glochidian ferdinandi. And uh, there was a recent publication about um, a couple of dogs, I think it was in Sydney, who had ingested, chewed on the roots of this tree and they suffered uh, intense and very severe acute liver failure to the point where they needed, uh, they were in hospital, they needed multiple plasma transfusions, they needed vitamin K, they were on all sorts of drugs. Luckily they recovered, uh, but I wouldn't... um, you know, suggest Would, that we get to that point. We want to make sure your dog doesn't get exposed. And to these it. trees are found locally as well. I haven't looked around any. Yeah, right. But maybe I'll put in a call to Scott Sharp on well, Monday. It, we would like to know, Scott Sharp, is there cheese trees in Glockidian Ferdinandi? Yeah. Glockidian Ferdinandi. So, you know, some, that's a new one for one us. One of our callers would know. 49216216. There you go. Well, while we get a bit of a call on that, I might just do our dogs of the week because there's four of them. Yeah, wow. there's four of them this week. They're all pretty cute. First one is Ava. Oh, Look at uh-oh. that face. Uh-oh. Gorgeous little girl. She's um, a foxhound cross puppy. She's 12 weeks old, and, of course, she just wants to make you happy. She's a puppy <laughs> through and through. You scratch, she'll sniff, throw a ball, she'll chase, you laugh, she'll wag. Um, and, look, if you've had a bad day, go give her a cuddle and you'll feel so much better. So um, she's one of these dogs that if you pick her, she will love you forever. So she's gorgeous. Go check her out at 2NURFM.com and click on the Dog of the Week. <laughs> We've then got Frankie. Check out Frankie. Oh, um, Now look, Frankie is gorgeous. He, he's a little six-year-old chihuahua across Jack Russell and he really has the Can, cutest he looks. He does look a bit older than his age. He does look older than six years. I, say, oh, I would have said about 12. <laughs> he's, he's, li- he's lived a hard life. Well, he might have. He looks like a bit of an Ewok crossed with a, I don't know, a boulder. He's a cutie. He's gorgeous. <laughs> crossed with a boulder. <laughs> he's so cute. Um, so, look, he's just a gorgeous boy. He's got little chicken legs and he's, um, yeah, he's a great companion. So go check him out. We've also got Latte. Latte by name, smooth and milky by nature. Uh, this little guy, well, I don't know how little he'll be. He's a 10-week-old bull Arab cross staffy. Do they get that big? The bull Arab sounds big. The staffies just sounds solid. Well, he'd be... Yeah, nearly as high as this desk. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty big. That's pretty big. <laughs> Not quite. But. Uh, look, we'll make a great companion from someone. Uh, Latte needs to be welcome inside when people are home and to sleep inside at least until he's fully grown. And you will need uh, good fencing with no gaps. But go check him out. And last but not least, mm. oh, Murphy. Looking for some tall, dark and super handsome. Well, he is your man. He's just gorgeous. A nine-week-old German short-haired pointer cross Buller Arab. So he's smart as a whip, playful, affectionate, and he is looking for his family forever. With another dog, preferably someone to play with and, and learn from. So go check them out, com. They are our dogs of the week. Now, David, we've been talking about um, poisonous plants and we're talking about this cheese tree mm. and we did have a call but i think they've gone i thought someone was going to tell us some um, you know whether you can find them in the hunter or newcastle i'm going to start looking for them it's <sighs> a good but idea. just to make sure that you know dogs are safe because we've it's as i said it's not something i've ever come across before but now this is this is one of the things about scientific literature we've had this case published now we're going to be aware of and start looking for it so there's actually you know, the, the, the idea of uh, sharing this scientific knowledge, it helps us provide better care for pets. 
We, if we had a dog came in uh, before today or before yesterday with acute liver failure, there's a couple of things I'd be thinking about. One of the things I wouldn't have been thinking about is cheese trees. And now I will. Well, we did have a caller call in and say that there's also the money tree, which is poisonous as well. Yeah, look, there's a list. Uh, we could do a whole morning of shows on um, poisonous plants. How common is it for you to have an animal come in with poisoning from a plant? Maybe not every day. Oh, still, so, so weekly? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow, yeah, I didn't realise yeah. it was that common. Absolutely, yeah. We would, we would see... I mean, we see, obviously, lots of different toxins that occur and still the ones that are most uh, of concern are things like, you know, rat baits and snail yeah. baits and so on. But plants, absolutely. And compost is another one that we see a lot. So it's kind of plants. Dogs also can get liver failure from uh, mushrooms and we have seen that as okay. well. So, yeah, the, look, the list of different things is really going to... Well, I've got all year. <laughs> Well, I'm coming got, back. Well, we're going to have to stop you now because would you believe our time's running out? But, of course, you are going to come back. So there's more more topics for you. We'll talk about the money tree. Yeah, let's do that. Cheryl Shaw, Dr David Tabret, thank you both so much for coming in with Pet Chat. Very interesting today. Mm. Thanks, Sarah. I loved it. it. I loved it. If I was a listener at home, would have thought, great. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.